welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology show that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about the new moon in Cancer that occurs on July 9th at 9.17 p.m. The new moon in Cancer is all about embracing your femininity, your inner nurturer, but also your intuition. So if you're not super in touch or attuned to all of those things, this presents the perfect opportunity to start exploring those themes. Cancer is the first water sign of the zodiac and it's a cardinal sign. Cardinal signs are the movers and the shakers of the zodiac. They're self-starters and they like to get things going under their own steam. They're the people who see an opportunity and open a door for it, not only for themselves, but for other people too. When I think about manifestation, there isn't a more intuitively gifted sign to trust with your hopes and dreams than cancer energy. So be sure to use this extra juicy new moon to ask universe for something really, really special. The sign of cancer is all about embracing your inner femininity, your intuition, and your inner nurturer. If you haven't felt like you're particularly attuned or in touch with those aspects of yourself, this represents the perfect time to explore those themes within your life and to set reasonable goals that can help you grow over the next six months while the Cancer moon develops from the new moon to the full moon that'll happen in December. Cancer is the first water sign of the zodiac and it's the cardinal water sign. Cardinal signs get things going. They're the movers and the shakers of the zodiac. They're self-starters and they like to like work under their own steam and inspiration. They will see opportunities and when they see that opportunity, they tend to open doors for not only themselves, but for other people. So when I think of manifestation and the kinds of things we want to manifest for ourselves and, and see others manifest in their lives, I can't imagine a better sign to trust your hopes and dreams to than Cancer Energy. So be sure to use this new moon and its extra juicy energy to ask the universe for something really special. We typically only get one new moon in each sign every year, so asking the universe from a place of gratitude for something that really is important to you can be a, a useful tool. Set some time aside on the calendar and start from a place of gratitude. I find that gratitude is the key for everything, not just, you know, uh, saying thank you to somebody or telling someone you appreciate them and all that they do for you um, on a daily basis. Of course, that's great. But when you're sitting down to, to manifest something really important in your life, um, acknowledging all the gifts that you already have goes a long way, energetically speaking. So make time before you sit down to meditate to come to this new moon from a place of gratitude for all the things you already have. It's really, really, really important and super key. And while you're taking time to think about the things that you already have and that you're already grateful for, also start to think and contemplate ways that you can show up for other people. Uh, and this starts that, that positive energy cycle, but it also helps to lubricate the old imagination factory in terms of what it is that you hope to be able to, to give to others, how you can serve humanity. And it connects with that nurturing aspect of cancer energy that's so gifted. 
Think about how you might be able to help a friend, a loved one, or even a stranger you don't even know. I find that a willingness to give of yourself first uh, kind of primes the pump, so to speak, in terms of gratitude and manifesting um, anything it is that you want in the universe. It helps to kind of open the right channels and the right doors for you to be on the receiving end of the things that you really want. So yeah, what comes to mind for you personally during this, uh, this time of the new moon? How do you want to give back? How do you want to serve? Because that's what cancer energy is all about. It's all about taking care of other people. So how is it that you can take care of other people while also asking the universe for something for you in return? Be sure to get your notebook out and just write down the things that you're grateful for. You can start with the little things and ladder up to the bigger things. Like, you know, you can start with saying, I'm grateful for my breath. I'm grateful for my body. I'm grateful for my thoughts. You know, those are little things that are actually really big things that we just kind of take for granted a lot. But if we didn't have our breath, if we didn't have our body, we didn't have our thoughts, we couldn't be here to do all the things that we're doing. So it's important to acknowledge these and then, you know, the bigger things like, um, I'm happy that my body has a house to live in and, you know, it has a way of making money and putting food in my belly and fulfilling uh, all the things that it is that I, I want on a more physical level. Once you have all these things written down, you can use them to help guide you in what it is that you want to manifest more of, but also be able to show up and help others with. And then also down the road in about six months from now, when the Cancer full moon shows up, you'll be able to look back at where you came from. And so it's a way to sort of self-document and check in with yourself um, on your own personal growth journey. So six months ago, you know, um, I had a full-time day job and now here I am like starting this new journey as a full-time astrologer and I have very exciting news to announce, but it has to wait till Saturday because that's when the stars say it will be a good time for me to announce it. So let's look a little more deeply at the sign of cancer. I already mentioned that the key takeaway is all about embracing our inner femininity and nurture, but also our intuition. But even if you identify as masculine, there are feminine behaviors that you can embrace and appreciate in yourself and others. And that's not a bad thing. It helps to balance out that yin and the yang and balance the, the, the spirit and the soul in our bodies. As the first water sign of the zodiac, it's highly intuitive and embraces the ebbs and the flows in life very naturally. Remember, your natal chart is so much more than just your sun sign or moon sign or even your rising sign. There is something important, interesting, and powerful for you to connect with during every lunation. The sign of cancer falls somewhere in your chart, so take a moment to see exactly where that is for you and where this new moon falls so you get a better idea of how you can use it and in what area of your life that it, um, it can show up for you the best. I'll use my own chart as an example. This new moon in Cancer falls in my sixth house and as a result, the sixth house represents the day-to-day -day affairs of my life, but also health, 
routines and the way that routines on a daily basis, the little decisions that you make ladder up to bigger decisions, right? Of course they do, but we don't always think about it. Like what we have for breakfast one day, you know, if we're having something healthy, that's like got some protein and some fiber in it over time, like that will lead to a healthier outcome versus something that is just laden with fat and empty calories. Um, so it, the sixth house asks us to remind ourselves and to respect those small decisions so that when we make them, we honor them, but also we address and can ladder up to bigger overarching more uh, big deal goal kind of things. The sixth house is traditionally ruled by Virgo, but for me, Cancer is the ruler of my sixth house. So that's one way that we can use astrology as well as the new moon and the full moon and the cycles of uh, the planets and the movements to help internalize and reflect what it is that it is going on in the world and personalize it for yourself so that you can use each lunation in a personalized way that helps you go through the whole zodiac for personal growth. Traditionally, the sixth house is ruled by Virgo, who reminds us that it pays off to be picky and particular about our choices, but also to take care of the little things before they become big things. Also, interestingly, I don't have any personal planets in the sixth house, which means not that I'm not healthy or I don't make good decisions necessarily, but that it is a planet of, or it's a house of the void rather, which is, of a magical place and void houses aren't necessarily a bad thing or uncommon sometimes i i do hear during or get asked rather during my uh, astrology sessions with people like what does it mean i don't have anything in a house does that mean i won't ever find love or have a job no of course not it just means that uh it's an area that is more or less ruled by the void and at the mercy of and at the influence of other planetary transits. So for me, that means that right now uh, I have to pay attention to Jupiter and Mars being conjunct in my first house um, because it's easy to put on weight during that particular transit. So um, I just came back from vacation and I stepped on the scale and was like, wow, I had a little too much to eat while I was at the beach, um, but it's okay. Like, because I use astrology in that way, I know that transit is in effect, but also I can temper my behavior and my actual actions to help modify the negative effects of that transit. Back to void houses. Void houses aren't necessarily unusual in a chart um, because there's nine planets that we work with in astrology, not to mention the asteroids, but there's 12 houses. So nine planets, 12 houses, there's just not enough planets to be in every house. And a lot of times planets will cluster together. It's not unusual to see somebody with a stellium or um, you know, three or more planets in a sign clustered together. So that leaves even more houses um, sort of not out of balance, but left to be void. But the void is a magical place. And I'll tell you why. The void in and of itself is a magical place because 
it's where nothing has physical form yet. It's the realm where anything is possible. So all you have to do is imagine it, feel it, and then work with that feeling of imagination and how it feels in your body to know that this thing is possible. And for me, with the new moon in my sixth house, I wanna feel really strong. I wanna feel confident. And I know like weight and numbers on a scale is just that, but it's an indicator of overall health in some regard. Um, but I'm not gonna let that number get in my head and really mess with me. But my goals are to be have lots of energy, to feel good and confident, to be healthy, to have a clear skin, to have shiny hair. These are all things that can benefit from a new moon happening in the sixth house. It's a good time to reevaluate exactly what those daily habits are for you and how they build up over time and affect you down the road. Because, you know, it's like cancer being a water sign embraces those ebbs and flows. Sometimes we're not gonna feel like going on a five mile run. We're just, we're just not. Um, and that's okay. It's about balance and finding that personalized balance for you. And that's where kind of the void actually comes into play a little bit because if you are attuned to and okay with the absence of action, you can create your own source of well-being from your intentions in that space. Also, interestingly, on a personal note, this new moon trines my Mercury and my Midheaven in Scorpio. So this is another example of how using astrology along with the new moon and full moon cycles can help you be more personally attuned to your overall career development. So for me, um, my Mercury and Midheaven are both in Scorpio at 15 degrees. This new moon is at 18 degrees Cancer. So it's well within that realm to be trying to each other. So that means that whatever I initiate during this new moon cycle can ultimately help me to be a better communicator and have a steadier career. So, um, and that kind of feeds into a big announcement that I have that, um, well, I'm not gonna announce it until Saturday, so you just have to wait and be patient. So again, Cancer is a cardinal sign, and cardinal signs are the initiators of the zodiac, and they're the self-starters, they're the visionaries. You can identify these signs because of their dynamic, driven, even sort of public behavior. They have a certain sense of responsibility about them, and that's certainly true for Cancer. I think that Cancer can best be described as the, the matriarch of the family, and you can like see them sort of weaving a plan together to achieve the seemingly impossible, but through their hard work and determination as well as their intuition, that seemingly impossible thing that just didn't exist before they came along and that cardinal cancer, uh, cardinal water sign cancer energy came along to help it, um, you know, it just will exist because of that work. So that's really exciting. Cancer is the sign and the symbol of the matriarch of the family. In astrology readings, it can represent the mother um, and the feminine figurehead that sets the framework for and the tone of a family in motion. So let's look at why that is. Let's look at the mythology behind the sign of Cancer. It has to do with Hera 
uh, who's also known as Juno and represented by one of Jupiter's moons, Juno. And it has to do with Hercules and of course a little crab. So Hera was intensely jealous of Hercules because Hercules was born out of wedlock from an affair that her husband had and she was devastated, you know, of course, I mean, rightfully so, but that devastation led her to fixate her anger and her frustration on Hercules. It kind of wasn't Hercules' fault. All that happened to him, all he really did was just exist, but she just wasn't into it. He represented a, a failure on her part, or perceived failure on her part, because he was the product of a, a union between her husband, who she really took those vows seriously, but unfortunately her husband simply didn't. So there's Hercules. And she makes it a mission to use Hercules as a scapegoat for her anger and her frustration. Hercules becomes a scapegoat for her frustrations and her sort of misplaced anger. It's not his fault that he was born from the circumstances that he was born from. However, because of this, she resents him and she made it her life's work to like kind of ruin his life. So how did this all happen? How did this come about? Basically, Zeus was a dirty, dirty dog and disguised himself as a woman's husband so he could get with her in the bedroom. And so, like, Zeus here is just, like, the one in the wrong. That's who she really should have taken her, her anger out on. But she refuses to see her husband as the flawed creature that he was, you know? In mythology, the gods were imperfect creatures and that's what made them interesting. That's what made them relatable to us as humans, as mere mortals. So what Zeus did was wrong. Um, and from that union, Hercules came along. And like I said, he didn't really do anything wrong. He just existed. But Hera realized that he was half God. So. Hercules' mother, afraid of revenge from Hera, exposed him, which this meant that um, she left him to die, basically. She left him on the rocks outside the village to, to die from exposure to the elements. Not great, right? He was taken to Olympus by the goddess Athena, who gave the infant to Hera, who nursed him unwittingly. And it's from this nurturing that made, it's like that is what made Hercules so strong. And it's sort of cruel. She unintentionally strengthened and nurtured the creature, the, the person, the, the entity, the baby that came from the union of her husband with another woman. So she wasn't happy and she became very frustrated that Hercules existed. So Hera tries to make Clyde the living hell for Hercules. She sent two snakes to kill him. Uh, like in, he was like in a, you know, a cradle and she sent two snakes to, you know, bite him, strangle him, do what 
snakes do. Um, but Hercules, but Hercules strangled the snakes. He like killed them. So that didn't work out. So much later, Hercules and Hera get into it again because Hera convinces Hercules to kill his whole family. Yeah, that's not great, right? Yeah. Kind of a cruel thing. Um, so he goes into a blind rage, kills his wife, kills his children, and he's so heartbroken and consumed by his grief that he commits himself to absolving himself of this grief somehow. So he volunteers for and is sort of um, sentenced, if you will, to performing these labors. Some of these labors were killing a lion that was very strong and terrorizing a town. Other ones were the Hydra, the Linearian Hydra, the beast with, you know, the heads that would grow back if you cut one off, just two more grew in its place. It was a nightmare to get rid of, but Hercules was able to get rid of it. Um, and so during this battle, uh, he sort of, like is in the middle of beating up or fighting the Hydra when Hera sends another creature to do her bidding. And that creature was the crab. The humble, small crab was sent to bite Hercules' toes while he battled this Hydra. <laughs> and so that's where cancer comes into the Zodiac. Hera is like, um, really impressed with the bravery of this crab and its trust in her. So she places it in the heavens as, as a thank you. Um, because I mean, well, Hercules just stomped on the crab and killed it because he's Hercules. But that's where the representation and that's where the, the symbolism of the crab and the zodiac comes from. So this story helps to illustrate the energies that plays in the themes of Cancer. Both the feminine, the nurturing, home-focused energy of Hera and are combined and embodied in Cancer, but it's also the darker tendencies as well, the, the um, torturing of Hercules. But in Cancers out there, like, please don't take this personally. Um, Every sign has its light and its dark side. It's the balance and the nature of the universe. Um, it doesn't mean that you are necessarily an aggressive person, but there is that tendency there. That there is that ability to be aggressive when you need it. But I think the key is knowing when to use it and when to just let it, you know, just chill out a little bit. Cancer is one of the most antagonistically aggressive signs of the zodiac. Think of it as mama bear energy though. The mother of a bear with her cubs, she can like be very docile and charming and nurturing to, to watch from a safe distance. But if she's approached in some sort of antagonistic or aggressive way, she will attack. That mama bear will attack. On the bright side, Cancer energy is incredibly sensitive, caring, imaginative, and shrewd in business. On the negative side, Cancer can be possessive, jealous, aggressive, and can be really sad. There's a lot of feelings there for Cancer. Cancer, um, as a result, has is a very soft and like nurturing. I mean, I say that right? It's like. 
cancer is nurturing, but its feelings are the things that make it nurturing. It can identify uh, its own feelings very intuitively and then therefore help other people identify their feelings and naturally help to soothe them if they feel affinity for you. Let's look at the astrology of this new moon. New moons tend to be harmonious times when the sun conjuncts the sleeping moon and the universe asks us what we'd like to create for ourselves with that energy. And this can take six months. You know, we the moon is sleeping now and it's gonna wake up, but setting your intentions now in that time of the, the new moon helps to set goals for yourself so where you can see where things go and this Cancer moon has some pretty nice aspects that we can look at and work with. The new moon will be sesquisquare to Jupiter, who's at one degree Pisces. And so this creates some tension with Jupiter. But sesquisquares can create a sense of uh, not wanting to do anything too much, too big. So balance will be key for this new moon. make moderate changes during this time. Avoid going overboard. Uh, because again, like because of this aspect, if you go overboard with anything, like say you get really gung-ho and excited about making big changes for yourself, well, those are great, but make sure they're reasonable changes. Um, this is probably not the new moon to start a drastic overhaul of anything in particular. Instead, look for moderate, small changes that over time can ladder up to big results down the road. The key is neither too little action nor too much right now. Simply look for a state of balance to get the best out of this new moon. This, moon, this new moon is also within range to be considered trine with Neptune. And that is a really nice aspect. This asks us to relax. Relaxing and being calm is likely to lead more towards beneficial growth opportunities than being super active. And this is kind of like being highlighted again by that sesquisquare with Jupiter. Relax, let things flow, don't push too hard right now. Yeah, set your intentions. Uh, make reasonable goals, but don't go overboard. Just kind of relax into them. Know that your changes will come to you and do to it. Know that your changes will come to you and do course as long as you're showing up and doing the work. The last influence that I think could be at play during this new moon is a Pluto opposition. And normally Pluto oppositions are a big deal. And I'm not saying this one won't be, but it's weak. It's not exact it's seven degrees away which is almost too far for it to really play a role however because pluto is the slowest moving planet and he's the most powerful planet i'm apt to mention it and so this can lead us to feel like we're being sort of challenged by the outside world and this could be a sense of challenge from authority figures or a situation that's simply outside of ourselves that we have no control over or um just circumstances that you just have to overcome in some way. Um, but because it's weak, you know, it might not be a big deal. It, it, that's, Neptune is there to tell you to relax and to not worry about it too much. Um, but if there's something that you feel like you have to really overcome, consistently working on it over time is the key here. 
So if you're looking for a special crystal to help connect you with cancer energy during this new moon, I recommend Moonstone. That is my crystal prescription for this new moon. It helps to connect you with the moon and the energy of water, but it also brings a brightness to the aura and a sense of joy and happiness to the individual wearing it. And it can help to clear the clutter, like any residual energetic clutter that might be lingering in the energetic body field. Um, so moonstone is my suggestion, but my favorite of all the moonstones is rainbow moonstone. I'm wearing mine now. See. Um, and I like Rainbow Moonstone because it does bring that sense of joy and it helps to balance all the chakras at once. And because it's a rainbow, it resonates with everything and also the white light that surrounds the aura, but it also helps to connect us with our intuitive side. The, the part of us that doesn't know what we know, but knows we know it, that's intuition. When it's worn, moonstones are helpful in connecting ourselves to the great feminine spirit of Mother Earth. And it's also been said to help activate activate Kundalini uh, energy. So if that's something that you're working on, moonstone could be an ally for you during this new moon too. And chakras. In terms of chakras, um, well, cancer energy rules the breasts. Um, but if you'd like to work on a chakra, I suggest you work on your third eye chakra because cancer is so intuitive and cleaning that energy up and learning to focus your third eye can help you to become more attuned to the intuitive, the unseen, the, the felt and the known aspects of life, but sometimes the unexplainable. It can help to bring prophetic visions and clarity to thoughts. And the new moon is a wonderful time for clearing energy around that chakra and opening up that portal to receive prophetic and intuitive insights. Since Cancer is the first water sign, I suggest you try doing this meditation exercise in the bath, or if you're lucky enough to live near a body of water, uh, visit that body of water. Go splash around, go float in a lake or a beach. Uh, really connect with that that cyclical nature of the the ebb and the flow. It's nice. It it like helps to let us release things that are no longer serving us, but also to bring that which will serve us in. And this new moon is all about that. It's all about asking and receiving from the universe what it will, what we need to, to show up for ourselves and for others, to nurture others, and to be the tools of the universe in order to help nurture ourselves intuitively and provide for the community. So these are my questions for mindfulness and manifestation for your meditation during the new moon. Ask yourself what you're grateful for. Make a list, write it down. It can be the small things, it can be the big things, but just make sure you're starting from a place of joy and gratitude. Remember, you're the only one who really knows what it is you're grateful for, and nobody else could do that work for you. So spelling it out, making sense of it, putting it down on paper, it not only says that you're grateful for it, it makes it real and concrete, not just a feeling in your mind, but also gives you a record to look back to in the future.
So start with that. After you have your gratitude list, say the things out loud and feel the gratitude washing over you as you say them. That sense of gratitude should grow with everything that you list off. And then after you've done that, ask yourself these following questions. Have I spent enough time with my family? Have I spent too much time with my family? Seek balance here. Too much or too little is a bad thing. Have I nurtured my hopes and dreams as much as I've nurtured the hopes and dreams of others? And where's my sense of balance in that? Do I receive joy like on a deep, true soul level when I help others? And if that is providing joy and growth to your spirit, then it's a good thing. But if you've been helping others too much and you feel depleted, it's time for a little bit of a rest and just refocusing your lens on yourself a little bit. Then I want you to ask a really important question that I don't think we ask ourselves enough, but it comes up again and again and again. What is it that I'm insecure about? And I want you to be really honest. You don't have to tell anybody else about it, but just be really honest about what it is you have been feeling triggered by and insecure about and put it down on paper. Be honest about it to yourself because lying to yourself is one of the worst things you can do, but also just putting it down on paper can make it real and make it a little less scary. Use this new moon as a time to help confront that insecurity. Cancer's weakness is insecurity and jealousy and possessiveness. So addressing where you are insecure during this new moon can help you to move forward in a braver, more uniquely you way. Once you leave that insecurity behind, you're free to embrace life with both hands. It'll help you to level up in life, but also to recognize the same behavior but also to it'll help you to level up in life, but it'll also help you to recognize the same behavior in other people and help them with issues from running into the same things over and over again in a gentle way. And then ask yourself, what it is that you sense on the horizon for yourself and what that might be and write it down. And then lastly, but definitely not least, ask yourself how you know what it is you feel that's on the horizon. The answer might surprise you. There's no right or wrong answer. Just asking is the magic. That's it for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. I'm your host, Aurora. Thank you for joining me. And stay tuned on Saturday for a very special announcement. That's it. Thank you very much to the talented Mr. Adam McIntyre for our theme music. And I'll see you next time.